Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 62. Today, I'm going to be starting a new series, working through the requirements for being an elder from 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. So today I'm starting with the first requirement for pastoral ministry, which is a desire to do it. Let's pray. Lord, we need wisdom and direction. Help us as we're thinking through the call to ministry for young guys that are navigating through, maybe they're in seminary, maybe they're in an intern program or a youth pastor somewhere, or just thinking through the possibility of becoming an elder one day. Lord, I ask that you would give more and more men the desire to do it. And for those who do have a desire to do it, help them to navigate whether it's a holy desire or an unholy desire to be a pastor, to be an elder. And so help me to be accurate according to your word and helpful to equip these listeners. And I trust God that you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, before we get into 1 Timothy 3, I want to just remind you of a couple really great things. Number one, the Fruitful and Fearless podcast with Jordan Sparks and Lexi Silvey is now live. It's not in the iTunes store yet, but it will be soon. Now, it's going to be on Google Play, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and, of course, on iTunes. But you can find it right now on the Shepherd's Crook website. There's going to be some changes coming to the Shepherd's Crook website. We're going to have a podcast section from the top tab that's going to have the Fruitful and Fearless podcast and the Shepherd's Crook podcast right now. They're all in one stream. And also on the site, there's going to be some changes and adding some, some content for the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. You've heard me talk about that with the episode I did with Jordan last week. But you want to check out the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. It's an incredible podcast. It's going to be hopefully weekly we upload. It's just going to be great. Check that out. There's one episode. There's already two more recorded that will be coming out in the coming weeks. And so you want to make sure and subscribe to that when you're able. So that's number one. Number two, Canon Press giveaway is going on right now. You can go to the links on Twitter and Facebook and on the Facebook page and check that out. I love Canon Press. Uh, Doug Wilson has written a lot of really great books. There's a lot of people that don't like Doug Wilson because um, some Federal Vision stuff and and the confusion that abounds there. I've, I've noticed that Baptists kind of struggle to understand the big deal about all that in the same way that Presbyterians do. But I've also found that his critics, who say that he denies justification by faith alone and grace alone, they say he denies imputed righteousness and all of that. And that's all nonsense. I've heard it out of his own mouth. I've read it from his books. And he's just a fantastic writer, and he's fun. And he's not scared of you, which is great. He doesn't care what people think. And we need more men in the world like that. And so I want you to go sign up for the Canon Press giveaway. There's six books written by Doug Wilson. There's a book by Toby Sumter called The Bloodbot World. And then there's two books by uh, Doug Wilson's daughters, one by Rachel Jankovic called You Who. It's her latest book, and it's a really good book. I've read that. And I've also read Rebecca Merkel's book, which is called Even Exile. And that's a fantastic book, debunking modern feminism and historical feminism. It's it's a really good book. You guys got to check that out. So sign up. There's nine books that... I want to get to you that are absolutely fantastic. Now, to 1 Timothy chapter 3. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. A noble task. Okay, the first requirement to be an elder is that we would have a healthy aspiration or desire for the calling. I remember one time I was, I was told that a future elder should not want to be an elder but would do so upon being asked because of the need at hand, because of the nobility of it. 
and that was simply wrong. It was misguided. A future elder should desire the task at hand. And before God calls a man to become an elder, he gives them a desire to do so. It just says it right here in the text. If anyone aspires to the office of elder, you have to aspire. So first, I want to consider a few unhealthy aspirations for pastoral ministry. And I think it will help us to avoid some pitfalls as we get into this thing. And if you've been in pastoral ministry for a long time, you know that the pitfalls remain. In fact, they become sometimes more pitfalls than when you first begin. And if we think through some of the negative things up front, I think it can help us if you're if you're new into this calling or new into this desire for ministry. So let's think through a few unhealthy desires. I've listed four. There's probably a lot more. So number one, an unhealthy desire could be driven by a desire to control people. If you're the kind of person that has to be in charge, that's just who you are, every strength finder test and all this kind of stuff that you take and blah, blah, blah. I'm not a big fan of those tests. I, I may tell you why in the future, but you have to be in charge of everything and everyone, then you probably have some unhealthy desires in your heart, in your mind, for pastoral ministry. Because being in pastoral ministry is not about being in charge, being the boss, or being in control. We are not to lead in a domineering way, First Peter tells us. So if you just have to be in charge, that's probably not a healthy desire for pastoral ministry, for the calling. The second unhealthy aspiration would be ego. If you're the kind of person that just thinks you know best and you know better, than anyone and everyone around you, then that's probably a sign that you are not in a healthy place to pursue pastoral ministry. You don't have an elder's chair waiting for you if you're an egomaniac. And so there's some pride issues that have to be slayed in you before you're ready for this. Now, there's going to be pride in you as there is pride in me for the rest of our lives. But that's one thing to recognize it in yourself. It's another thing when everyone else looks at you and says, wow, you're proud. Proud and Pride and humility, it works in a weird way because for the really, truly humble man, everyone else recognizes their, their humility, but that man doesn't recognize it. He thinks he's still proud and he knows he's still proud. While all the onlookers are praising him for his humility, internally he knows, Jesus, thank you for your grace because I'm a proud man. Okay? So if you're an egomaniac, then there's some work to do. You need to get that slayed by the grace of God. The third unhealthy desire that I've had listed, that I have listed, and again, it would be fun for you to think through what, what some unhealthy desires from your, from your perspective. If you're an entrepreneur, some people see this as a really good and gift proper for things like church planting. But if you're an entrepreneur, that can be very dangerous because it's hard to know the difference between a holy desire and an unholy desire for the entrepreneur because they've always got desires for something big, for something for, for the next, whatever it is. They've always got ideas. They're just there in their mind that they work through and they think through day in and day out. And so if you're an entrepreneur and, and you just think, well, I know how to grow a church. I know how to lead a church. I know how to make this thing successful. You may want to check that as well. Being an entrepreneur is, is somewhat morally neutral, but it can be really dangerous as well when it comes to specific things like pastoral ministry. It may, it may be that you're not being called, that you don't have holy desires to be a leader in the church. It may be that you just need to make a really good Christian business plan and implement it and become really rich and become a philanthropist. Give it away to ministries. But pastoral ministry may not be for you. Because we need historians. We need people who are not entrepreneurial, who are not trying to reinvent the wheel. We need people who love the Word and are committed to the Word and open up history books and open up primarily the Bible to get their ecclesiology and their missiology. We don't need entrepreneurials in the pastorate. 
We need people who love the Word. We need people who believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. That's what we need. If you're an entrepreneurial spirit, there may be some parts of that that need to die off before you're actually ready to step into this ancient work that doesn't call for you to reinvent the wheel. Go reinvent the wheel in the business world, but not in the church. The fourth unhealthy desire for pastoral ministry kind of ties all these things together. If you're a visionary type, if you're always selling people on the next big thing, if you're always getting people behind you and climbing the hill, and if you can get people just to buy into a plan and buy into this thing you're selling, you may need to do some work before you step into this task. Being a visionary is very dangerous. I've got an interview coming out with Dr. Dr. Jason Allen here in a couple days, this Thursday. And he talks about the difference between a biblical vision and an unbiblical vision. But the visionary type person struggles to know the difference. And so what they'll begin to sell is their own vision over a biblical vision. You've really got to be careful with that. So there are some examples of unhealthy desires. Now, let's consider the right desire because it's here. There has to be a right desire that Paul's appealing to. As young men are listening to this in Ephesus or in, in any of the churches that this letter would circulate to, as Paul is calling Timothy to look for these pastors, there's got to be a right desire that he's speaking to. So let's think through the right desire biblically in this text. Okay, if you feel compelled to talk about God's word, then that may be a really good sign that you have a right aspiration for pastoral ministry. Paul, in him, it was given this great desire to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And if you hear the command to Timothy, preach the word, and things inside of you just feel like they're burning and you just can't wait for them to get out because you just want to preach this text so bad, that's probably a healthy desire for pastoral ministry. I remember when I first got called into ministry, it was just like God dropped a desire from in me to teach the Bible anywhere and to anyone without exception. It didn't matter if it was three older women at an assisted living home. It didn't matter if it was if it was kids in children's church. It was a desire to just teach the Bible. I have to get Galatians out of me. I've got to teach this thing. I've got to preach this thing. People need to know what's in this book. And it was like the grace of God got so hold of me that I had to get it out. You, have you heard of God's grace? Have you heard of God's grace? Have you heard of God's grace? That's the right kind of desire that needs to be in men, this desire to preach God's word, not to preach yourself. You have nothing to preach in your own. But if you have a desire to stand under the authority of the very word you preach, then it may be that God has given you this right and good holy desire that Paul's talking about. And how about this? Do you have a desire to take responsibility for the people of God? Do you have that desire? Do you look at God's people, the church, and then from the inside out love them and say, I want to take responsibility for them. I want to help them. When I'm in a room with them in a small group or on a Sunday morning, I don't want to have a savior complex to think that I'm their, I'm their Jesus. I'm not crucified for people, but I do want to take their spiritual growth seriously. And I want to know where these people are at, and I want to know how to point them in the right direction. If that's you, that's a healthy desire for pastoral ministry. How about this? Do you love God's people and do you want to serve them? Because if you're going to be a shepherd, you're not going to be served by them. Although they will, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, that you're going to be served by them. They're going to love you. They're going to give you gifts. They're going to, in the church I get to serve, that they love me and take care of me. But the desire, if the desire in you is to be served and not to serve, then that's unhealthy. But if you have a real desire and say, I want to serve these people, I love these people, that's a healthy aspiration. How about this? Do you want to walk with them and help them to walk with Jesus more? Okay, then that's a right desire. 
Are you willing to fight for them? Are you willing to fight fight the enemy? Are you willing to fight the battles that are going to come to you and your family in the future? Then that's a right desire. When you hear James chapter 3, verse 1 tell you that you're going to receive a stricter judgment for being a teacher of God's Word, does that scare you away? Or do you lean into the grace of God for the task? Then I think those are healthy aspirations. If you don't aspire to this office, if you don't really want to be in ministry and you think, well, I can do this or that or whatever, then it's probably because God has not called you to it. But if you have these healthy desires and it's as I'm just working through these, you're just like, yes, yes, yes. That's not ego. That's not arrogance. That's not pride. That's God saying, yes, I'm calling you to this, son. I'm calling you to this. I want you to be a shepherd of the sheep. Not the shepherd of the sheep, but I want you to shepherd sheep in my house. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.